the issues of clergy abuse, women in the church, and an economy based on the common good are all topics of discussion hosted by Fordham University's Center on Religion and Culture. I'm Robin Shannon, and on today's Fordham Conversations, I'm joined by CRC's director, David Gibson, and assistant director, David Goodwin. We sit down to discuss some of these symposiums and some upcoming events, as well as how the Center on Religion and Culture set out to explore the complex relationship between faith and contemporary life. So welcome, David Gibson and David Goodwin. Great to be here, Robin. Thanks. Thank you for having us, Robin. Thanks for coming in. So uh, recently you had a two-part symposium on the clergy abuse that's gone on in the Catholic Church, and it focused on both the scope of the crisis, the push for reform in the Catholic Church, and a search for solutions. So who were the speakers and what made you choose them for this particular discussion, which David wants to go first? <laughs> well, this is David Gibson, the uh, the director, and uh, I'll, do, I'll, I'll claim seniority here, okay. David. Yeah, it can be it can be confusing having a, a Gibson and a good one. Uh, two <laughs> I Davids. can't even say David C. and the other David. I know, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The, um, no, but, you know, we, again, the Center on Religion and Culture, well, you know, religion and culture, um, is such a broad category and broad term, which is great. We can basically do anything from, you know, movies, the cultural relevance of movies. You know, we've got a, a program uh, upcoming for Ignatian Week here at Fordham on Jedis and Jesuits. Oh, example. like Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, David Goodwin, my colleague, is going to be um, uh, moderating that because he's a, an even bigger geek than I am, if that's possible. <laughs> but the again you know religion and culture is a huge issue and huge issues in our in our lives but you know we also need to address things that are in the forefront of not only the catholic church but the wider um culture the wider society the news the headlines clergy abuse obviously is a huge one but this is a an enormous topic look at jeffrey epstein uh th that whole scandal which subsequently grew out of that but really, one, what we wanted to do last March with that, two things. One, Father McShane, president of Fordham, said we have to address this issue head on. You know, we can't, there's no running away from this. this. Everybody knows what's been going on. I'm a career journalist. I came here to Fordham two years ago. I've been covering this topic for 25 years. Um, this is ongoing. You know, it's really come to a head, and we need to address it. Let's do something on that. So we put together, which is the, the kind of a thing that we normally do, uh, you know, a, an evening panel, six o'clock or so, for the public so that the public can be engaged. It's not just for Fordham students, or for, although they're all welcome, obviously. But this is also the outward-facing thing. We need to, to, to show the public that this university and this part of the church is addressing various topics, including this one. But one thing we did with this, I would say, is we, we also um, wanted to give some um, data, statistics, some real facts for people to base their judgments on and to be able to, to um, you know, look at the subsequent discussion. So we had researchers from around the corner. We're at the Lincoln Center campus down the west side, around the corner at the John Jay College of Criminal Justice, came in and did an hour-long data presentation. They're the ones who've, who've been studying this issue of clergy abuse in the Catholic Church since 2002 or three. They were able to update their findings. They came in, did a terrific presentation, PowerPoint slides, really got um, terrific uh, reviews from the audience, several hundred people who were, who were in attendance. Then after that, we had um, a featured speaker, uh, Father Hans Zollner, a German Jesuit, speaks perfect English, 
uh, from the Vatican, who's really been the point guy pushing the church to address this clearly and cogently, together with Kerry Robinson from a, a, the National Leadership Roundtable. Anyway, they had a discussion about this, and he was he, he gave a talk. Then we had a discussion and an audience discussion. So again, two parts of it: data from top-flight national researchers, John Jay College of Criminal Research uh, Justice, and then um, a leading figure in the fight against this in the church, and a leading lay woman who was able to ask challenging questions and also take questions from the audience. Because, David Gibson, I can see where, obviously, this could be an emotional issue. And um, it could tend to be a knee-jerk reaction to some of the issues that, that have evolved or have come out of this. So having the data, I think, would be important. How receptive was the audience that came uh, to the information that you provided? They were really receptive, and that's the key that... Um, you know, we, that, that we realized that they were so responded so well because, again, there's so much just blather out there. I mean, it's lo there's a lot of news. There's a lot of talk about it. It's critical to talk about this, but there's also a lot of stuff, a lot of people scapegoating gays and lesbians, for example. Um, a lot of people talking about this is just a, a you know, a, a celibacy issue. It's a Catholic priest issue. You can't run away from the issue, but you also need to realize what it really is. And these researchers, they're not Catholic. They have no <laughs> – they no, uh, carrying, they're carrying water for nobody. And so they're in there, and they're able to dispassionately give you the statistics like, okay, this is the actual rate of abuse. This is when it happened. This is how it compares to other countries. This is how it compares to other professions, et cetera. People really – welcome that very much. And, and in fact, uh, as David can, uh, Goodwin can speak about, we're, we're, in a way we're sort of uh, next week or uh, coming up uh, going to be sort of replicating that format mm -hmm. with a program about um, religion, the future of faith, we're calling it, and whether young people are religious or not. And I do want to talk about some of the events you have coming up in the future, but first talking a little bit more about this particular symposium, uh, which was on uh, the Catholic Church and clergy abuse. Um, can we focus on reform? So can you give me a little bit of the overview of what Father Hans Zoller talked about? Yeah, he said, I mean, basically, he was he was very honest. He said this is not going to be resolved overnight. He's, uh, you know, has a lot of uh, specific issues uh, which were brought up, specific reforms, transparency. Um, you know, the, the, big, the big shift is it's not really a clergy abuse scandal anymore. Uh, for one thing, so much of the actual abuse happened in the past, and it, we still have to be very attentive to everything that's going on. But the thing that always angered people and still angers people, Catholics, and non-Catholics is accountability at the top. So it's there's a lot of things we need to do. You need to educate people. You need to safeguard all those kinds of things, and those are, are, are being done. But the real missing link, which is hopefully being filled in, is accountability for bishops, the guys who are running the show. And that's what Pope Francis is, is trying to do, and, and Father Hans Zollner is really pushing him to do that. So on the one aspect, it's that accountability at the top. That's always the way, isn't it? You know, it's the crime is terrible, but cover-ups, you know, people at the top getting away with it, that's that's really maddening. The other thing, though, from, again, Zollner works at the Vatican. He works at Rome, and he has a global perspective. 
The, what's different about the scandal and the crisis now is it's not just an American problem. Decades ago, years ago, they used to say, oh, it's you Americans. You know, you've got the, you're the problem. No, no, no. It's in Chile. It's in Germany. It's in Australia. Australia. It's everywhere. It's a globalizing. Is this a global church? And it's a globalizing problem. And in places like Africa, they don't want to talk about it. In India, it's just, you know. Uh, so it's something that, in a way, uh, again, it's not specific reforms. This is a change of culture that needs to happen so that where there's accountability, transparency, but also a culture where victims feel that they can speak up. Look at what's happening in our own culture with the Me Too movement. What, you know, I'm a journalist, you know, where you always want to, you know, the media has reported a lot of this stuff. Nothing ever happens until victims speak up. That's what really turns the tide. And you see that again with the Me Too movement. Women are speaking up in ways they didn't before. That changes the conversation and the culture. This is Fordham Conversations on 90.7 WFUV. I'm Robin Shannon, talking with members of Fordham University's Center on Religion and Culture, Director David Gibson and Assistant Director David Goodwin. We're discussing some of the CRC's past symposiums, like clergy abuse, women in the church, and the economy. We're also discussing the Center's goal of exploring the complex relationship between faith and contemporary life. And in the first part of the symposium, as we said, on clergy abuse in the Catholic Church, um, you had uh, Margaret Leland Smith and Karen Terry from John Jay College lead to this discussion, and they released some information. Can we summarize a little bit about what they found in their survey? Yeah, they, they, they like in many other things, they, um, uh, they found that, uh, for example, that, you know, homosexuality is not the culprit that many w want to believe that it is. And also, um, again, they were able, as opposed to their initial studies back in 2004, I think, was when their first one, and then 2011, they did a follow-up. And again, this globalizing thing, you look at the trends, data don't lie, <laughs> you know, and it's the same patterns of abuse, 4 to 6% of clergy, the, you know, um, the, 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 the victims between the, victims, the ages of 10 and 14. Exactly, this mm -hmm. kind of thing. So these things are replicating themselves across the board. And so they're able to dispel a lot of myths, but also shed light onto what really some of the problems are. And at the same time, you know, there are a lot of things they don't know. And there are a lot of things about the culture, seminary formation, mm -hmm. you know, how you train your priests. Is it good to put them away in this kind of like closed setting? And train them for four years and then throw them out into the <laughs> into the world? Um, no. Can you fix them? Again, these are all big questions, uh, you know. But they need to be asked. Yeah, but they need to be asked. I feel like we're leaving you out. No, that's all right. David's <laughs> far no, more knowledgeable on these topics Well, on this one, actually, uh, David <laughs> Goodwin came on um, about a month and a half before mm -hmm. this. Uh, so this was his first kind of baptism of fire uh, kind of conference. And so I think he was, um, you know, it was an interesting first uh, outing for David as well. So how was well, you were an audience member? I, I was an audience member and also a co-organizer with David. So this was, as David mentioned, this was my first event with the CRC. And it, one, I learned a lot just practically speaking, just managing the event and uh, talking with guests, but uh, several things jumped out to me. As David mentioned, uh, Hans Olner is a Jesuit. He's based in Rome, and he is the point person for the Vatican as far as 
dealing with this issue of the abuse crisis and trying to reform the clergy and reform the church. And what jumped out to me listening to him was, again, he said on paper, he said on paper, the policies are here, the rules are here, everything is in place to ensure that abuse is dealt with effectively, that it's dealt with quickly, that um, people that are abusers are then not allowed to be in positions where they have access to, to victims. Uh, but it's an issue of culture. He said, he, I believe, and I'm paraphrasing him, that he said it's people's hearts need to change. And that's what I think David was getting on his commentary, that it's a, it's a culture shift. It's a, it's a question of power. It's a question of accountability. And I believe F Father Zollner is attempting to, to accomplish that. And that came out quite vividly to me just listening to him. Now, I know um, Father Zoller asked, how does the church build up that trust again uh, after the abuse and the cover-up? Did you as an audience member remember what he walked or what the audience walked away with for solutions? We know accountability is mm -hmm. important, but what does that mean? I think I was struck by the fact that um, he said, you know, he, he really made it clear it's not about getting back something. The church is not about clawing back some kind of credibility or getting back to where we used to be, like the good old days kinds of things are trying to. It's not like this isn't like, a, you know, a big oil company that has an oil spill and, and has to do all this PR stuff to kind of reassure the public and get your clients back to buying your gasoline or buying Tylenol or something like that. It's a really, he said, it's it's a matter of going forward. You don't if you worry about credibility or your reputation, you're lost. The only way you earn that back in the Christian sense and in the Catholic Church sense is by doing what you're supposed to do, doing what mm -hmm. you're called to do. And that means going forward, just going forward, not worrying about this or that, not worrying about, you know, oh, we always did it this way. We have to protect this reputation. These bishops can't do this. You can't do this. No. What can you do? What should you do? And just do it. The only way people will be convinced is by doing it. You can have all the policies. It's like David Goodwin said. Is you can have all the policies. You can have all these rules. But if they don't see that you practice what you preach, that you walk the, the talk, then they're not going to – nothing's going to happen. You don't need to get the reputation back that you had before. You need a new reputation. Especially when it comes to, I believe, faith-based living uh, because you – Faith, a big part of faith is trust, and there needs to be that trust. So it can't be a Band-Aid over it. It has to be digging deep, which is what I'm assuming you guys are hoping to do with these symposiums, kind of dig a little bit deeper into discussions and topics that are happening um, around us every day. Is that mm. correct? Exactly. I mean, that's a, you know, David, I mean, this is people, this is part of the transparency and accountability. People need to be able to need a place where you can ask questions. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about these kinds of issues, you yeah. know, and talk about them, um, ask any question and any issue, sexuality, uh, abuse within the church, the role of women, um, you know, any also things that aren't just specifically Catholic. But there are these are these are things that touch on the wider world and our wider way of being together. What's the future of politics, immigration, human rights, all of these kinds of things. And David Goodwin, you said that there was um, some, a social media aspect to this where people were contacting you and saying, you know, are contacting, I guess, the Facebook page mm -hmm. um, or Twitter page mm -hmm. or 
all the social media sites. I don't even know them all right about it's now. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> hard to keep track, especially the new ones coming out. Is there a way for you not just to hear from the public on these issues, but for them to kind of communicate with each other also? Do you find they do that on the oh, after the events? That's a good question. I, I notice after this March event we were speaking of, the clergy abuse scandal, there was definitely a conversation via Twitter on people tagging us. And were they communicating amongst each other afterwards? They could have been. Um, if they tagged us, I definitely knew. And we were definitely getting a lot of hits, a lot of retweets, a lot of people tweeting at us with commentary. And again, What was I, some of the commentary? Um, if you remember. If I remember. <laughs> um, people were very, I guess, again, very happy that this a frank discussion was happening. And, and as David Gibson mentioned, a discussion where people felt that they had a freedom to ask whatever question. And another comment that came out, uh, one, I mean, another comment that sort of, I think, impressed itself upon me in via social media or via the surveys that I sent out were, again, not simply labeling this as a gay issue, that it's an issue which some sects in the Catholic Church or the Catholic world seem to still fixate upon this, but really looking at this in an unvarnished and an honest way. Also... This event, we we were experimenting again with social media and other platforms. We we're starting to put all our events on YouTube. And this was on YouTube. People also had access to the PowerPoint that the researchers from John Jay created. So they could share that with their colleagues, with their friends, with their family, and also digest it maybe a little more slowly where you're at an event. Things are happening quickly. Um, there's a lot of information coming at you. And this was an op we wanted to give people the opportunity to really look at the information themselves, analyze it, think about it and then reach their own conclusions. Yeah, Robin, if I could just uh, interject there. That's part of what David is talking about, and David has really right. done um, a great job <clears throat> in terms of um, social media and creating a YouTube channel. Um, and I think uh, this is critical to expanding our audience and expanding the reach of what we do. Just as, as a bigger, again, I came here two, two and a half years ago. David came here a year ago. Um, we're relatively new to this. The, the Center on Religion and Culture was started back in 2004. And it's great. It was a, you know, a good center, really built up a, a loyal following and a really strong following and a strong reputation. But 2004 was sort of pre-iPhone era, pre, you know, pre tweeting, social media, everything out there, which, you know, is, is a double-edged sword, uh, to be sure. But, you know, it was, uh, I think, a classic uh, center where our events, the 200 or whatever people who could come to the event that particular evening, enjoyed it. And you could do a video of it, but it would be, you know, buried in the kind of Fordham archive someplace. But what, what David and I are really doing is, you know, now you can have a Facebook page. You do Facebook Live. We've done Facebook Live on a couple of events. We've done uh, we you know tweet again the YouTube channel. You take this two hour event. You you cut it up into ten or fifteen minute um, digestible video bites. What it means is that these events have a resonance and a you know an audience way beyond mm -hmm. just that particular community. It's so important to have a live community that you build up together in the room, but. It also ha we also have to reach out to other people, and if you look at the demographics of those who are watching online, for example, they're way younger 
than the folks who are in the seats. So this is really critical to, you know, uh, uh, getting a wider, more diverse audience demographically and in every way. And a longer lifespan. And Mm -hmm. a longer lifespan, yeah. The long tail, if you will. Yeah. I'm Robin Shannon talking with David Gibson and David Goodwin from Fordham University's Center on Religion and Culture. Another interesting symposium your office offered looked at the economy, a moral economy. Uh, Cardinal Joseph Tobin, who was the Archdiocese of Newark, and Jeffrey Sachs, who's a professor at Columbia University, discussed the idea of how the economy should be viewed. So uh, can either of you outline the key points of that discussion? Well, I can as David Gibson. I think, uh, Robin, that it's um, – and that was uh, that was just a few months before David Goodwin came on. As a little over a year ago, and it was, um, you know, that was a, a, an event that we really wanted to do. Again, I think what that points up is that, you know, we're Fordham University, we're a Jesuit university, we, um, you know, we're, we're a Catholic school, but we don't just address Catholic issues, uh, we address in- issues of a broad interest to a wide range of people. And that's very much what the Center on Religion and Culture does as the kind of outward-facing, you know, door to the um, to the wider New York uh, audience. And, you know, economics, uh, economic justice, all these things that we're talking about so much now in this uh, heated presidential campaign race that, that's coming up, you know, are critical. And there's a there's a Catholic perspective on that. Which needs to be known, and Cardinal uh, Joe Tobin from from Newark is is terrific on that kind of stuff. He's a, he's a, an excellent guy, very well spoken, very humorous. Uh, Jeff Sachs is a well known, uh, brilliant economist from Columbia University, um, not not Catholic at all. Goes to the Vatican periodically. I think he's over there now for the Amazon Synod. Um, the Pope likes him very much. <laughs> uh, Pope Francis does. But he, again, he's a, an economist, not a Catholic, but is able to explain not just economic inequality and all that, but how that intersects with Catholic social teaching, for example. Yeah. So that event, you had Cardinal Tobin saying, look, this is where the Catholic Church stands. This is what we need to do to the, for the world. Jeff Sachs, coming from the world, the, the, the outer world, saying, you know, this is what Catholic teaching can tell us about the actual problems that exist, economic inequality, economic injustice, uh, what we call that that um, event a moral economy. Yeah. Because again, you know, center on religion and culture, morality is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're religious or not, yeah, you have a moral sense and an ethical framework. Contrary to Gordon Gecko from 1987's <laughs> film Wall Street, greed <laughs> yeah. is not good, uh, which uh, Professor Sachs was talking about. Uh, so at least according to him, he said that the church is grappling with the market economy and morality. So help us understand just what he meant by that with the grappling part. One of the bottom line problems, and Pope Francis said this from almost the moment he was elected in 2013, is the church is known for its teachings it's about, around the pelvis, about sex, sexuality, all of these kinds of things. He said, look, everybody knows what the church believes about this. What about the poor? What about economic inequality? What about economic injustice? We, and especially in the United States, hate talking about economics and taxation and, and, and fairness, justice in those terms. So the church is grappling with that. But our nation is grappling with that as well. And can the Catholic Church, but all religions, be something of, can they inform us? 
Can they help build that bridge so that we can find a way to talk? Look, nobody's talking to each other these days. We're yelling at each other. We're in silos. We're just getting the feedback loop that we like. So can the church really be, and and Jeff Sachs believes it can very much, uh, a way to an avenue, a conduit uh, for these discussions and also a way to think about them whether you're Catholic or not, but in a moral framework, which is ultimately, again, going back to the sex abuse scandal. Mm -hmm. uh, you can talk about specific policies. Fine, we can argue about those. But it's a cultural shift that needs to go on. And that's what the Center on Religion and Culture you know, wants, to, wants to foster. Because I think what it's helping do is critically think about and re-examine some issues that we might take for granted. So, for example, when you think of business, what's business for? Business is to make money. Not necessarily. That's at least what uh, what Professor uh, Sachs was saying. It's not, it, it can't be just about making money. It has to be about people. The bottom line can't be only economic. It has to have something to do with how we treat each other. Again, short-term thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, religion is long-term thinking, and, and uh, it's not good for your business either when you have a, a population that can't afford your products or it goes into such debt. We just go into these boom and bust cycles. You know, there's got to be a better way. I was not at the center at the time of this event, but this is one of the events that really got me excited about working at the center. When I interviewed for this position and when I read the, read the posting, I began researching some of the speakers that had passed through over the years. And that's what really... Um, motivated me one to apply for the job but really made me want to come and help contribute to this project of fostering dialogue between different people d people of different beliefs people of different backgrounds and really creating a space where we can have these conversations um, as David was mentioning and and you were talking with him about this event with the moral comedy Jeffrey Sachs he, Jeffrey Sachs was mentioning that the church could be one of these conduits where we can actually foster dialogue bring together people of very different beliefs, very different backgrounds, and try to attempt to create new solutions. And I'm hoping, and I, I think the center, one of the center's goals is to be a place where we can sort of move those conversations. What would be a, a awesome get for you when it comes to a, a, a discussion topic and a person? Oh. Like your ultimate, oh. ultimate get. Ultimate get. Well, we, yeah. I think we have a few on our, our hit list, <laughs> if you will. Um, number one would be George R. R. Martin. Mm -hmm. um, um, if anyone who's watched Game of Thrones, I think religion, mythology, these larger questions are embedded in that story. Uh, and also George R. R. Martin is a native of the New York region. He was born in Bayonne, New Jersey, and went to Marist High School, a Jesuit high school in Bayonne. So that would I be didn't one, know that. Yeah, that would be one of our, our top gets. One of the ways we talk about ethics and morals and how what we are today is by talking about something else, mm -hmm. is by talking about mm -hmm. literature and talking through books and talking through comic books and things like that and Star Wars, etc. Um, and for one thing, those, you know, we a lot of people love history. A lot of younger people love comics, love blockbuster action hero movies. Let's use these pop cultural references to talk about deep age-old issues which are current today. Frankly, these are the questions that we're asking. So these are, the, these are the ways to get into it. But those are the kinds of things we do, you know, uh, whether they're overtly, you know, serious sorts of things or whether they're 
sort of lighter cultural fare that still takes us to a deeper level. Yeah. Uh, another one of the um, topics that you had a symposium about was the future of women deacons. And uh, I had a, quite a few panel guests, including uh, moderator father Tom Rosica. So can you tell me how what that discussion was about? Can you summarize it for me? The issue of women deacons, which is for those you, know, you, have, you have priests in the Catholic Church and then you have lay people. Well, you also have deacons, which is an ordained class, but they can't celebrate mass. They can do baptisms. They can celebrate funerals. They can do weddings, things like that. Um, and it was an ancient, uh, you know, the apostles, original apostles sort of created this order of deacons, sort of disappeared in the Catholic Church. And after the 1960s and reforms, it came back. They ordained men as deacons once again. The big debate is whether you can ordain women as deacons. That, that discussion was back in January. Now in the Vatican, they're having, again, a, a big meeting, global meeting of bishops and church leaders about the Amazon uh, region, which mm. has a lot of issues about mm. the future of the planet. Uh, Pope Francis is very huge, you know, very big on, on climate change issues and the environment and protecting those. But also, you've hardly got any priests in this huge uh, Amazonian region. Women, basically women in these regions, uh, run churches. They hear confessions. They they run the church there, but there's no recognition, formal recognition. That's something they're debating right now in Rome. It's a fascinating topic mm -hmm. that affects religion. Look, there are so many, there are a couple of lines that um, are dividing so many of our communities, religious communities, social communities, sexuality and the role and gender, two different things, the role of women, and, and sexuality. And those are two things we want to um, engage. David Gibson, David Goodwin, thank you for coming on Fordham Conversations. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you. I'd like to thank my guests, David Gibson and David Goodwin from Fordham University's Center on Religion and Culture. You can like Fordham Conversations on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and catch up on shows you've missed with our weekly podcast. For WFUV's Fordham Conversations, I'm Robin Shannon.